I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Candace Hutchings joins me now, the face of the popular Edgy Veg on YouTube and Instagram, recently published a new book, The Edgy Veg Easy Eats. There are dozens of recipes in the book that look delicious, not complicated, and easy to pull off regardless of one's aptitude in the kitchen or how well-fitted one's kitchen is. You can do most everything in the book uh, with what most of us have in our kitchens already, and the recipes here take no more than 45 minutes to complete. We'll never use that excuse that vegan cooking is time-consuming or complicated again. I'll ask Ms. Hutchings about uh, the food she uh, regularly serves up at home for herself or guests, what kind of substitutes there are for things like bacon or feta cheese, as uh, well as whether this uh, lifestyle can be cost-effective, especially now when we're watching uh, the prices at grocery stores climb. It's been 12 years since her previous book, the best-selling The Edgy Veg 138 Carnivore-Approved Vegan Recipes, was published. I'll ask her about the process in testing and photographing what's uh, in the book, as well as what her pandemic was like. Visit theedgyveg.com for more and links to uh, the popular YouTube videos. This book is published by Robert Rose. We taped this interview two weeks ago. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Candace Hutchings. Ms. Hutchings, good morning. Good morning. So nice to be here. Nice to talk to you. So I'm uh, I'm calling you. uh, It's uh, just before lunch here in Vancouver. Whenever I have uh, food people, and I'm always wondering what they've had for lunch. Have you had lunch yet? Here's the thing with food people. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we cook better food for other people than we do for ourselves. Ah. I've had a very busy day, so I'm actually having my second smoothie of the day. So unfortunately, I don't have anything super exciting to share with you, but I will be making a plant-based lasagna tonight for dinner, which is definitely more exciting. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, too. Yeah, that's the thing about the recipes in this book. They they, they, um, um, they encourage us. I'm, I'm not a, a vegetarian or, or a vegan or anything like that, but but uh, it encourages me to, to try something new that I haven't before, and it's easy enough, I think, uh, having read the book, that uh, anybody can do this, right? Yes, absolutely. So the whole point of the book, I mean, it's called the Easy Eats, right? So it doesn't matter what your skill set is in the kitchen. Anyone should be able to go to whatever their local grocer is, pick up the ingredients because it's only ingredients, or I try to use only ingredients that are available at the local grocery store, nothing crazy, and then make a meal under 45 minutes. That's perfect for the weekday. And uh, that was the goal, and I hope that that's how everyone's enjoying the book. Yeah, and... Um when you, you when your first book was published um since then i should say um a lot of people are trying out uh, say plant based products i mean we're seeing a lot of those now yeah. uh, than say before um do you um because it this gives the opportunity for a lot of people who hadn't tried say plant based diets before a chance to try it um where are you in terms of of, of this this great say the ubiquitousness of, of all these these new products. Do, do you find that they're they're leading people to say vegetarian cooking? Say, yeah. You know what? When I first started eating plant based or vegan, whichever way you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, about twelve years ago, uh, we didn't have these products. So yeah. cooking plant based was definitely more difficult. You couldn't just swap. You know, um, let's say like butter for vegan butter you know things existed but they weren't that great Um, whereas now I think it's amazing because people are able to take recipes that they already love and know and they can make easy substitutions like they can 
use like a, a veggie ground beef instead of ground beef, so something like an Impossible or a Beyond, or they can go to the grocery store and buy a plant-based mozzarella and switch that out in the recipe. So I think it's made recipes a lot easier for people and more approachable as opposed to having to make every part of the recipe from scratch, which was kind of what I was doing when I was writing this book and, and years before that as well. Or sorry, the first book, not yeah, this one, yeah. the first book. And and um, as you write in the book, um, uh, a lot has happened in your own life in, in say, the, the, the between the first book and this book. Um, what do you think you've learned about the way um, food affects our lives, say? I mean, did, did you find that, that um, creating recipes even and, and, and the process of that, because that, that is hard work. How did how did you find, because you also wrote this book in the midst of the pandemic, how did you find doing all of this in terms of, say, I don't know if it helped your, your personal life or, or did it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I mean, uh, like you had mentioned, I did write it during the pandemic, so it gave me something to do. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always very busy, but there were definitely those moments where, you know, you had filled your time with hanging out with friends and family, and you had to fill that time with something. So I chose to uh, write a cookbook with that time, and it definitely helped me get through that. It kept me from kind of having my mind wander, and, and I'm prone to anxiety and depression. And so it kept me from falling into those um, as well, which was super helpful during the, during COVID because I know so many people kind of fell into that trap. Um, but it also gave my partner at the time and I something to do together, which was really great. So I could test these recipes out, test them out on him. Um, and it was something that, you know, was great for our relationship at the time and, and kept us doing something interesting around the house as opposed to, you know, closing our laptops at the end of the workday and sitting around binge watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What um, you mentioned uh, uh, 12 years ago when you, you, you first, uh, say, changed your diet, if you will, um, was it hard at first? I mean, for, for a lot of us, um, I guess I guess the knock on this sort of lifestyle, lifestyle is that it's costly. I, I mean, uh, it's easier to uh, and cheaper, say, to eat junk than, than, than good food. Uh, how, how did you find it starting out in terms of, of um, what it costs, say? Yeah, at the time, I definitely felt that it was a lot more expensive 12 years ago because there wasn't such a high demand for plant-based products like there is now. I mean, people still had, you know, their their lactose intolerance or allergies to dairy, but veganism itself and eating plant-based, it definitely was not mainstream. So there was definitely a higher cost, not only financially, um, but also in terms of time. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I was finding in the culture at the time was a lot of it was it was plant-based or vegan, but a lot of it was raw food, for example. And I just wasn't really into that, which is how I started the Edgy Veg in the first place, because I said, if, okay, if I'm going to continue this lifestyle and set myself up for success with this lifestyle, then I'm going to have to learn how to cook all the foods that I love. And that's how my journey in the kitchen started, was experimenting and trying to figure out how to take these dishes that I had loved eating, that I'd grown up eating, and trying to come up with a plant-based version of them so I could stick to this lifestyle. And as a meat eater, I mean, it, it, reading the book, it, it, it's um, you know it's easy to swap out, say, meat for for one or two days a week using the recipes in your book. The thing that I found so so fascinating, so easy, even 
is that a lot of these things take, say, 15 minutes or less or and, and use one pot. I, I guess that was deliberate on your part to, to find these sort of recipes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to make plant-based eating um, just as easy as possible for people. I find a lot of the time people still are in that old mindset of this is really difficult. I could never do this. I don't have the education or know-how, and it's going to be expensive, and it's going to take a long time. And so my goal with this book was to make it super approachable, use techniques that we all know how to do, um, and traditional techniques when it comes to cooking, and make it easy for people so that it's, it's something that they're willing to at least approach or consider even if they're only trying to go meat-free or completely vegan, you know, a, a couple times a week. You know, that all of that, my goal is making it easy for people to be kinder to the planet, to be kinder to the animals, and even swapping out a plant-based, one or two meals for plant-based options during the week makes a huge difference. One of the best pieces of advice that you give in the book, Candice, is, is um, to read the whole recipe before starting to cook because too many of us, guys especially, um, think that we have things under control in the kitchen, that if we're running around getting things as uh, something's on the stove or <laughs> something, you know, that, that we're actually cooking. But, but it's better to be prepared and, and uh, uh, do everything step by step, right? Yeah, absolutely. I always say read the recipe first so that you know exactly what you're doing. Um, I find, you know, sometimes even now, if I'm trying a new recipe, I don't always read it first because I just assume I know exactly what I'm going to do. (laughs) Um, And every time I make that assumption, I get to a point, I'm like, oh, shoot, I should already have that ready. So that way, you know, you can prep all your veggies or get all your spices out, but also know what goes where. And you can even kind of coordinate your ingredients together and batch them together. Um, so you know, okay, these four things are going in at the same time. This is going in here. I should already have this pan ready for this. And so I always tell people, and anytime I talk to someone about the book or just, you know, cooking in general, the one thing that they always mention is, you know, I never thought about reading the whole recipe first. Like it seems so obvious and so simple, but so many of us don't think about that. But it really makes cooking a lot easier. Yeah, this is not reading the recipes about how things burn, how things boil over, say, how the uh, smoke alarm goes off in the kitchen. (laughs) Yep, Um, exactly. And and I find that if you do actually read the recipe, cooking is much easier, isn't it? (laughs) It is, yes. Imagine that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you... um, um, have fun developing the recipes? I mean, you, you mentioned earlier that you got to do a lot of testing, say, in the process of writing a book, um, uh, 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 taking photographs of it all. I mean, it, it, designing the book as well. Is that fun for you? I love it. Honestly, I have, even after, you know, 10 years of doing the edgy veg, I, I, I still love coming up with recipes and tackling new recipes. I mean, mind you, I've been doing it for so long that trying to find a recipe I haven't veganized yet can be difficult at times. But I get such a thrill in taking old techniques that I learned how to how to master or even just very old techniques that have been around for decades that people, you know, do on the Food Network or whatever and trying to find a vegan version of those techniques and showing people that you can use the same techniques. I love that. Um, and it still really excites me to come up with the perfect dish and have it work <laughs> and sit there and be like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah, and, and the photography, the styling and the photography part is actually my favorite part about 
doing all of this, whether it's videos online or whether it's writing a cookbook. Uh-huh. The styling and the photography, it's, I have a very creative mind and I love the design of that. I love, you know, picking the props and putting the colors together and really envisioning, all right, what's a really cool way to showcase this dish in a realistic way that looks approachable and in a way that someone can make it and not like, deconstructed. <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen those food photos, but I love making the photos really look real and lived in yeah. and just beautiful, of course, and using fun colors. And you'll see that in the photos in the cookbook. You know, I rarely use like a black backdrop or a white backdrop. Mm. There's orange, there's pink, there's purple. I really love to bring food alive that way. And it's food. It's not like some of these other cookbooks where, where it's um, something made to look like food, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's all food. I really, uh, I am against food waste. So when I'm recipe testing, when I'm shooting recipes for Instagram or TikTok or the blog um, or the cookbook, we really try not to have any food waste whatsoever. Obviously, if something has been sitting under a light for two hours, <laughs> having yeah. its photo taken, that's a little bit different. But we really try to only buy what we need and we try to salvage as much as we possibly can, eat it afterwards or pack it up. Um, take it home. I always give my staff food. They're always happy <laughs> to take all the food home. So, yeah, that's super important to me. So the, the, the weather in this country, is, is it's, uh, it's winter. So it's, it's winter weather, if you will. It's, it's, it's good uh, soup season, I guess, for, for a lot of us. Uh, do, do you have a favorite from the cookbook that you, that, that you go to all the time? Ooh, a favorite from the cookbook. One that I have actually been going to a lot. It's actually one of the ones I'm making tonight. Actually, uh-huh. we're talking. Is the lazy lasagna. Mm. Um, it's, you know, you get the flavors, the texture, um, everything that you want from a lasagna, but without having to do all that layering, yeah. um, which a lot of the time is what turns people off making lasagna. Plus, it's super simple. For some reason, people just think lasagna takes a lot of time and I find a lot of that is just the layering of all. So I cook everything in one pot, cover it with cheese, and throw it in the oven. And it's so tasty. It really warms you up. It gives you that, like, warm, yummy in your tummy <laughs> sensation, uh, especially in Toronto right now where it's freezing cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the section of the book that I, I enjoyed as I was reading it was, was the salad section. Um, because I read the book uh, just before Christmas, so, so these were great in terms of, say, if I needed to bring something somewhere to an event or something like that, making a, 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 a macaroni salad or a potato salad or even a slaw, um, it was a lot easier. I mean, I, I made the potato salad. It was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, and and you know what? A lot of the times when people see something like, I always say, like, I make salads, but my salads aren't boring. And immediately people think, oh, no, there's going to be so much chopping. There's going to be so much work. But, you know, it's not more (laughs) than anything else. And a lot of the salads in my book can be eaten themselves as a meal or as, you know, a pretty large side, maybe with with a protein on the side, for example. So, uh, yeah, I really, I enjoy hearty, easy salads, (laughs) colorful, hearty, easy salads. I, I like Greek salad. Um, in in the book, what do you use instead of feta? Um, so you can actually purchase um, plant-based feta in the grocery store now, but I have a feta recipe on my website that I love. It only takes a couple ingredients. It's tofu, coconut oil, miso paste, and lemon. Of course, you know, salt and whatnot. Sure, yeah. um, but you do that all in a food processor, and it's 
such a delicious and very, very close to the real thing feta. You get that briny, that saltiness and the umami from the, the lemon and the miso, and it's just delicious. See, I'm going to try that because I, I actually, I like Greek salad, but I, the, the feta is the part that I don't like. Um, but you can't eat it without the feta. And so, so right. that just sounds like a great substitution. Those are all things I like to eat, say, tofu and, and, and lemon and miso paste. Um, I can't wait to try this out. Um, do, you, um, do you find that um, when you have people over, say, because this is the season where people were coming over um, for a lot of us, um, do you find that, that um, when, you, when you, you, you put out a spread, are you doing, say, multiple courses? Yeah, when I have people over, I'm definitely doing multiple courses. When it's just me, <laughs> not oh, sure. so much as yeah. we, you know, discuss. I'm, I just had a smoothie for lunch, um, but I do love to do multiple courses. I'm a, I love to host. I go all out, you know, <laughs> with charcuterie boards and you know a themed cocktail. So multiple courses is definitely my thing. But I don't like to spend the entire dinner party in the kitchen. Mm. So I really like to do make ahead multiple courses or super simple multiple courses like appetizers or a salad or an order that looks really impressive but is quite simple was christmas a big deal this past uh, a few weeks for you uh no actually so i uh i recently uh split with my partner so i had a very quiet christmas on my own but my dad did come to visit and uh it's the first time in many years that my father and i have spent christmas together so it's, uh, it was quiet, but really lovely, and the man loves to eat, so we we ate a lot over the holiday. Yeah. It, 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 food is such a wonderful thing to to, to, to bring people together, and, and I'm wondering, pe- people who, who uh, say don't have the same diet as you, and, and when you host them, um, what is their reaction to the food? I mean, they, they must say it looks good uh, when it comes to, say, say a, a dedicated meat eater, if, if, if they were to come to your house and, and, and yeah. uh, try the spread. Um, what have you heard, say, in terms of, of um, the kind of food that they're trying, sometimes for the first time? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a great cook, and I always say that, you know, good food is good food, whether it's, you know, your traditional American diet or sure, whether yeah. it's vegan, right? Good food is just good food, and my uh, my ex, uh, his father is French, and uh, always would make fun of us <laughs> in our vegan eating. But I had him over uh, last, I guess it was a year and a half ago now, for dinner, and I made him a, a meal, and he loved it. Um, he said, you know, I couldn't even tell the difference. Instead of traditional sausage, I made a – actually, you know what? It's funny. It was a lasagna. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that seems to be my go-to for, for traditional meat eaters, um, but it was a sausage and mushroom and bechamel lasagna as opposed to the traditional, um, uh, you know, tomato sauce yeah, lasagna. Yeah. And so I just swapped out, you know, the sausage for a plant-based version. Uh, bechamel is made it, – it's so easy to, to make that vegan. So I used a tr- very traditional Italian recipe, just made a couple swaps, and he loved it. He couldn't believe it. He actually said, you know, I forgot that I was eating a plant-based meal until we started talking about it. So I always have those um, reactions, which just those warm my heart and, you know, just further prove that we're past this narrative that vegan food is like quinoa and kale and we're all frail and pale. (laughs) 
Yeah, they, there's a marvelous recipe in the book for beef bourguignon. And um, that, uh, we started the conversation talking about plant-based substitutes. I mean, you, you can use those in, in, in that recipe. And uh, beef bourguignon, for example, is just a wonderful way to, say, introduce the, the, the veg lifestyle, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And I give a lot of options in the cookbook. So there's um, a Hackett section, which I, I'm sure that you've noticed. Mm. I love most recipes have a Hackett. So you can take that recipe, and I'll give you different variations of how to enjoy that recipe. So it's, you're kind of getting like two to three recipes in one. Or I use that section to tell you some quick ways or products that I like to use. So for the beef bourguignon, for example, I've had people just use um, like uh, uh, soy chunks. I've had people do that with meatballs. Mm. I've had people do that with um, cut-up sausages or something like ground, like a veggie ground beef, so like an impossible or a beyond, that they form into these little beef chunks. So there's multiple ways that you can enjoy the recipes depending on what you have at home. The, the, the uh, interesting thing was I was counting up how many uh, variations of bacon one could have. I mean, you have one uh, that you can make out of eggplant. Uh, the one out of rice paper I found fascinating. Yes, that that one broke the internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't come up with that technique, uh, so to speak. It was created, I think, in like 2014 by an Icelandic couple who kind of started playing with it. And I saw that and I was like, that is such a brilliant idea. And since then, you know, I've created the bacon recipe. I've created the chocolate-covered bacon recipe, yeah. which is in the cookbook. Um, but I've also used it on the uh, YouTube channel or in TikTok videos to create, um, like, a chicken skin. So making a vegan fried chicken and wrapping it in rice paper in a chicken-flavored marinade and then breading it and deep-frying it so you're having fried chicken with it, something that actually gives you the taste and texture of a chicken skin, which blew people's minds, and I'm very, very proud of that creation. Yeah, I mean, it just makes one want to try it, uh, try making these various versions of bacon as you, you have them in the book. Um, something that I see a lot throughout the book is nutritional yeast. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? And It's not like the yeast that one would buy, say, if, if they were baking bread, right? No, it's an inactive yeast, um, and it comes in these flakes. They're these kind of mustardy colored yellowish flakes um it kind of looks like a parmesan Mm. like a grated parmesan that you could buy if it was yellowy um and that was actually one of the first plant-based ingredients that i became well aware of because it was used in all vegan recipes because it has a buttery cheesy flavor so uh, when i first started being vegan i started just putting it over my spaghetti instead of a a, like a parmesan Um, because it gave you that nuttiness that butteriness it gave you that umami that you want Um, but it's used as a flavoring in a lot of different things i'll use it to make my own beef or sorry not beef chicken style broth Mm. um, or bouillon powder to use in soups Um, it just has a really versatile uh, taste i mean and and it's fortified in b12 so you're getting you know the nutrition value from it as well um, I believe it's also high in, in folic acid. Um, it could be something with <laughs> something yeah. with an F. I think it's folic. Um, so you're getting some nutrients from it as well. It's not just a flavor enhancer. The other thing that that um, that uh, remind re- reminded me as I was reading the book is the, the, the water that that comes out of the beans. Say, uh, I, I had to make chili over the holidays. Um, that's stuff we shouldn't throw out, right? 
Sorry, which one? The, the water out of, like, say, kid, a, a tin of kidney beans. Right, yes, aguafaba. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you can definitely keep that. Or if you cook your own beans, you can you can use that water as right. well. Yeah. Uh, it's very high in protein, so it mimics uh, egg whites. So if you are, you know, trying to make, like, a plant-based meringue, for example, mm-hmm. you can just whip those up. And you can use it in a similar fashion. Uh, in my first cookbook, I made a chocolate mousse with it. So whipped it up and then melted chocolate and whipped the aquafaba together with the chocolate. And you get this beautiful, light, and fluffy um, texture. But you can also use it in baking. Um, so I use it as an egg replacer. So if a recipe calls for, like, three eggs, I will use aquafaba instead. And the great thing, too, is that with different types of beans, yeah. because it really doesn't taste like anything, but let's say you have black beans, sure. and it's you can still use the aquafaba. A lot of people just think that you just use the one for chickpeas or white beans because right. it's white. Yeah, yeah. But let's say you're making a chocolate mousse. Well, what does it matter if the aquafaba is darker in color, right? It's chocolate anyway. So yeah. you can use the aquafaba of many different types of beans, and you can use it in a really versatile way. Yeah, that, 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 you know, it makes me realize how all the stuff that I've thrown out over the years as I was making other things, how, how useful they are. And, and, and the, the water obviously keeps well in the fridge, right? Yes. Yeah, I freeze it, actually. Oh, so let's say yeah. I'm using white beans for a recipe. I will just freeze the, um, the aquafaba in ice cube trays because it's about a tablespoon. Uh-huh. And then I will pop those out and put them in a plastic baggie. Um, and put it in the fridge and, or sorry, in the freezer. And then when I need it, I have it ready to go. I don't have to open up a can of chickpeas every time. And, you know, just because I'm not planning to bake something that week, uh, it doesn't have to go to waste. Candace, I so enjoyed reading the book. It's, it's such a fun book, and it, it gives one a great deal of confidence to go into the kitchen and try something new. Continued good luck with it. I so appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for the interview. It was fun. The book is called The Edgy Veg Easy Eats. It's published by Robert Rose. The website for more is at theedgyveg.com. Candace Hutchings, its author, join me on the line from Toronto and Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planto.